Welcome to Axios Pro Rata, a podcast that takes just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. I'm Dan Permac. On today's show, Facebook makes even more political enemies and what really happened to Uber's IPO. But first, trade wars. China this morning announced that it will slap tariffs on around $80 billion worth of U.S. goods in retaliation for President Trump's move last Friday to increase tariffs on $200 billion of Chinese imports. It's the sort of tit-for-tat that U.S. business and investors feared, which is why the Dow Jones Industrial Average is down over 500 points as of this taping. So for starters, it's important to understand what a tariff is and what a tariff isn't. These are basically taxes paid by importers of a product. Now, it's possible that the importer will then raise the price on that product, thus passing the extra costs on to consumers. It's also possible the importer will simply recognize a smaller profit or that the exporter will lower its own price so the importer is made whole or some combination of all three. What a tariff is not is a tax paid directly by exporters, let alone from exporting governments. President Trump has said several times that tariffs have caused China to pay billions of dollars to the U.S. Treasury. It's just not true. And given how many times he's been corrected on it, it's pretty remarkable he keeps spouting it. The question now is if the two sides, China and the U.S., can actually come together, particularly over issues like intellectual property rights, or if we're about to fall into a retaliatory spiral that severely impedes economic growth in both countries. After a year of negotiations, reasons for optimism are rapidly shrinking. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with Axios Markets editor Dion Rabowin. But first, this. There is more news out there than ever before, but these days, it's harder than ever to find it and to know what to trust. Axios AM takes the effort out of getting smart by synthesizing the 10 stories that will drive the day and telling you why they matter. Subscribe at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the Pro Rata Podcast. We're joined now by Axios Markets editor Dion Rabowin. We're doing this and taping this early Monday morning, and the markets are already down over 500 points. But on Friday morning, the markets were down over 300 points on trade concerns and then finished up for the day. So can you give me a sense why often with this trade stuff does everyone freak out at 10 a.m. and by 3.30 or 4, everything's good again? Yeah, there seems to be a bit of a tug of war going on in the market. Right now, there's basically there are two camps. And actually, you could really say three camps, right? The market market really is controlled by machines, algorithms that are trading on headlines. And so they hit the market. They're in the futures market. They're selling, selling, selling. You've also got the so-called Dow vigilantes who know that President Trump is very sensitive to the stock market, who want these trade tariffs to stop, who are probably out there in the market selling, trying to make a point. But then you've got another group of investors who operate by the market philosophy of buy the dip or hashtag BTFD, the F standing for freaking. So they're in the market. They show up. They see these low prices. They say, hey, you know what? This trade war is going to be worked out. We're going to get a positive outcome. Trump doesn't really mean what he says. Let's buy these dips. We're going to get rich. That's a philosophy that's been in the market for about 10 years. And so these guys are stepping in and buying the dip. Those groups, though, the groups that are there today are the groups that were there Friday and were there a week ago Friday, et cetera. Is it possible, though, on Friday that the markets didn't realize China was going to retaliate? Because that was really the only thing that could happen over the weekend, right? I don't know how anyone could have thought that China wasn't going to retaliate. I think the expectation maybe was that they wouldn't hit certain sectors. We've seen now that they're going to slap retaliatory tariffs on, I think it's something like 2,400 different U.S. goods, including liquefied natural gas. So maybe the list of what items will be tariffed was a surprise, but China said they were going to retaliate. There was no reason to expect them not to retaliate. It's the thing that you naturally do. It's how trade wars work. And I can't imagine anyone on Wall 
Wall Street really expected the Chinese were just going to sit back and take this. The unconventional wisdom is that no one wins in a trade war. Do you subscribe to that, or can somebody win in a trade war? At some point, someone can win. I mean, I think the the miscalculation here is Trump thinking that China is just going to cower in fear and cave into his demands. It's a bit like a dad threatening to fight his son who's in college. And the son who's in college, you know, he's in the prime of his life. Maybe he's on the football team. He's big and strong. And he understands that if he actually gets into a physical fight with his dad, he's going to beat his dad down. But he doesn't want to fight his dad. Maybe dad's still paying tuition. He, he respects the old man. So he's trying really hard not to fight dad. But if they do get in a fight, son's probably going to win. And in this case, Trump is dad. There's this big question. So Trump keeps tweeting and sometimes saying in, in news uh, briefings, etc., keeps talking about how on the U.S. tariffs, the ones that he raised on Friday morning, how China pays those tariffs, whereas we know that it's not. It's U.S. importers who pay. Just like on the other side, it'll be Chinese importers who pay. From your perspective, and I guess this is really guesswork, does Trump actually understand that and thus he is lying? Or does he actually not understand how tariffs work? Honestly, I'm pretty sure he does. If you remember during his most recent State of the Union address, he did say that billions of dollars are going into our treasury rather than China is paying billions of dollars in tariffs, which suggests to me that someone sat him down and explained to him if he didn't already know, hey, you can't say China's paying the tariffs because China's not paying the tariffs. And he actually didn't mention or suggest that China was paying the tariffs anymore on Twitter or in interviews, again, until recently when this issue flared up again. So either someone told him and he forgot, or he does know and he's just lying. I'm not sure which it is. Honestly, neither would surprise me. But clearly someone at some point has told him because we've seen that his rhetoric changed and now it's changed back. Or his social media director who does some of his tweets doesn't understand, which we'd never know really who actually puts the specific tweets out. Let's move this forward a little bit. Assuming there is not a deal in the next few weeks, the things that can come next, there are still more goods on both sides that can get taxed or can have tariffs increased, particularly on Chinese imports coming into the U.S., right? Should we expect that that kind of much broader group of products could indeed get tariffs slapped on them? Yeah, there could be. China has really shown that they don't want to escalate, that they don't want to take things to the next level. So anytime Trump has announced tariffs, China has announced tariffs that are, you know, responsive, retaliatory, but are smaller. Well, in part, though, they import less than we do, right? So it's proportionally. So they have less to tariff. So they have less goods to put tariffs on. But even proportionally, when you look at it, even as Trump has threatened to add tariffs to basically every single product that we import from China, China hasn't threatened to do the same. And it's because China has different levers they can pull. There are also more ways that the U.S. could ratchet this up. There are further actions that could be taken. So once we get to tariffs of 25% on all Chinese goods, that's not necessarily the end. There's further this can go on both sides. China and the U.S., big trading partners, two massive economies, two biggest economies in the world. But there are plenty of other countries you can source goods from and that both countries trade with. Looking forward, is it possible that we could be looking toward a future where China-U.S. trade is slowed down and each country is sourcing more from other places? We could. The big problem, though, is China is where the supply chain exists. And it's not just, you know, that that's where the raw materials are coming from or that the raw materials come one place, they go to China and they come out. It's that there's an entire chain of supply that exists in China that doesn't exist anywhere else. The number of engineers in China that exist that don't exist anywhere else, the number of factories, the number of workers. China has so many things going for it because they've built up the supply chain over the course of decades. And so you can't just all of a sudden move that out. The other issue is for small businesses. 
for big businesses, they can handle you know paying the tariffs or moving things for a quarter, a year, something like that. For a small business, this could be the death knell in the coffin. And so they're scrambling to try and figure out what they can do because they can't pay the tariffs because 25% tariffs on everything they import from China could kill them. And relocating to another country could also drastically raise costs, create a bunch of uncertainty because they don't know if they're going to get the stuff they ordered. So for small businesses here in the U.S., this is a huge deal. And for small businesses in China. Dan Rabowen, editor of the Daily Axios Markets Newsletter. Thanks so much for joining us. My final two right after this. Axios gives you the news and analysis you need to get smarter faster on the most important topics. In our unique Smart Brevity format, we cover topics from politics to science and media to tech. Subscribe to get smarter faster at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the Pro Rata Podcast. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is Facebook, which got a new political antagonist this week, Kamala Harris, presidential candidate and the U.S. senator from Facebook's home state of California. She told CNN that Facebook is essentially an unregulated utility and that breaking it up is an idea worth exploring. This follows similar comments from Elizabeth Warren, while Bernie Sanders tweeted in support of last week's op-ed by Facebook co-founder Chris Hughes, who called for his old company to be broken up. Now, not everyone on the Democratic side is on board yet. Joe Biden, for example, hasn't taken a position. And Senator Cory Booker called the idea of a breakup something that Donald Trump would devise. But clearly, overall, the Democratic Party's love affair with Facebook is over. And finally, Uber went public on Friday in an underwhelming IPO. And as I wrote at Axios on Saturday, this was really the perfect storm of events for Uber. First, the trade wars. Second, Lyft, the closest rival to Uber in terms of rideshare, has seen its own stock plunge more than 50% from its peak after going public last month. Third, driver strikes. These aren't the sorts of things that are actually impacting Uber's bottom line, but it's just terrible PR when you're going for an IPO. And fourth, and certainly not least, Uber has lost an enormous amount of money. This is something we've all known ever since we saw the original IPO filing, but we thought public market investors might overlook it. They didn't. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producer, Tim Shovers, have a great national crouton day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata podcast.